0: And we welcome you to the Monday Morning Show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg. I think we're beginning a very interesting week of morning shows in very fine fashion, talking about something which is so incredibly important. The importance of us learning how to talk with one another, and in particular, learning how to talk with those with whom we feel sharp, divides, sharp difference when it comes to especially our political perspectives. Uh, Joining us today on The Morning Show are two people who have been uh, involved very much uh, in in an organization called Braver Angels, once upon a time known as Better Angels, now Braver Angels, which works in a lot of different ways to try to help so-called reds and blues learn how to First of all, understand one another and just talk with one another better. Uh, Joining us first of all, uh, as she has joined us a couple of times before, is Cameron Swallow, who uh, is now Wisconsin's state co-coordinator for Braver Angels. So she helps coordinate uh, events that occur uh, here and all around the state. And with us as well is a student from the University of Wisconsin Parkside, Grant Pitts, uh, who... Has become involved in braver angels within the last year or so, and they are both working hard on a event that is coming up uh, next week, Tuesday, the fourteenth of November, uh, called family and Politics, conceived at least in part with the holidays that are coming up and those sometimes tense or awkward dinner time uh, conversations uh, whenever topics like politics come up and we find ourselves in sharp disagreement with one another. And this event, this workshop, is designed to help people maybe navigate what can be very, very tricky waters. So anyway, we're going to be talking today about Braver Angels as a whole and kind of the whole concept which helped uh, bring the organization into being and then uh, a little more specifically about what's going to be happening next Tuesday evening, the, 20, the 14th, at uh, Parkside, an event which, by the way, is free and open to the public. Cameron Swallow, Grant Pitts, we welcome both of you to the morning show.
1: Thank you, Greg. I'm happy to be here.
0: Good to have you here.
2: Uh, thank you very much.
0: Good to meet you, Grant. Uh, met you today for the very first time, and we'll learn more about you in just a moment. Uh, Cameron Swallow, before we get into some of the specifics about next week's event, I think it would be great for us to get from you at least kind of a capsule summary of this organization originally called Better Angels now called Braver Angels and allow you to expand upon the the bare bones uh, summary that I just gave
1: Braver Angels is a nationwide and grassroots organization, a nonprofit, dedicated to depolarizing the national conversation and that's both political and cultural And it has spread to all 50 states since its inception in December of 2016. And it's now organizing um, influence groups for legislators and working with elected officials at all levels of government, the local, the state, and the federal, trying to have a citizens movement that influences our elected leaders to talk across the aisle. Mm.
0: Because that certainly doesn't happen <laughs> nearly as much as it used to. That's, that's, that's for sure. Uh, I want to circle back to something. You, you mentioned that this is not only involving uh, political matters, but you also said cultural matters. Could you uh, explain a little further what you mean by that or what Braver Angels means by that, mm-hmm. the cultural aspect of it?
1: Yes, there are... There's more than one divide in our culture, and sometimes they line up, but not always. Hmm. Um, I think the recent, the, the 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 current war in Israel and Gaza is a is an extreme example of hmm. of a division that cuts in a way that our culture didn't expect, and the and Braver Angels has expanded its work to cross not only the red blue political divide but also the racial divide and also the rural-urban divide. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean about culture. And one of the new tools, I'll just say, is uh, is to work with music to bridge all of those divides, using music as an example, um, like blending genres or crossing genres, like the group Gangsta Grass that headlined the uh, convention in Gettysburg last year, Gangsta Grass blends hip-hop and bluegrass together. Uh-huh. And you might think that's unimaginable, but it's really, really cool. Wow. Um, huh. And that serves not only as an example of genre crossing, boundary crossing, but also as an inspiration for more of the same.
0: Fantastic. Remind our listeners, and, and, and some listeners won't know this story at all, but some may re- recall from our previous conversations how you first became involved with this organization back in the days when it was still under its original name of Better Angels.
1: <laughs> well, back in those days, um, I thought Facebook was harmless and social media was a boon to society. Um, and so <laughs> I I was on Facebook more often. I mean, I'm, I'm still there, but I'm much more cautious. Um, and on my Facebook feed, I kept seeing these advertisements or notices about Braver Angels pop up on the pages of Friends of Friends. Hmm. And sometimes I would click on them. And every single time I clicked on them, I found something that resonated more and more with me. I had just left the classroom teaching middle school and moved to Wisconsin and wasn't sure what my new role would be here in Kenosha, here at Carthage College, and the the role of a moderator for these workshops seemed to fit with my skill set of classroom teaching very well. And the mission of depolarizing and bridge building over national divides um, called to me at a very deep level. Right.
0: And we don't need to get into this too much now, or maybe we will a little bit later, but I know that one of the ways in which this group and its mission resonated with you is the fact that you happen to come from a family in which there is some of this divide. So, so you have experienced this not just in the abstract, but very much as a part of your own real life uh, with your own real family.
1: Correct. Uh, like most, many, like many of your listeners, I expect
0: right. Absolutely, I don't think that's nearly as uncommon as we might as we might think. Well, we also want to uh, bring into the conversation uh, Grant Pitts, who is a, a student at the University of Wisconsin Parkside, a traditional student, a little older than the typical <laughs> junior, uh, a graduate of Tremper High School. He is a uh, uh, Grant is a sociology. Uh, whoops, I'm getting mixed up here. What is your major? Major. Sociology major. Sociology, oh, yes, is your major. You are minoring in uh, public policy studies and philosophy, and also pursuing certificates in social justice program evaluation, in ethics, and in community based learning. So uh, you are a very busy student. And in addition (laughs) to all that, uh, among your other. Uh, Duties and responsibilities, you are parliamentarian for the Parkside student government, and you are something called a Newman Civic Fellow. Can you explain what that last thing means?
2: Yeah, so the Newman Civic Fellowship is a program uh, sponsored by Campus Compact um, that basically empowers students, uh, like highly engaged students from across the country to uh, further their work in civic engagement. Um, this comes in the form of like workshops and trainings, um, uh, a lot of networking too. um, they're now coming out with a grant program as well to, uh, help a pretty good number of students all around the country, um, for their projects that they're working on. I'm going to be applying for one at Parkside actually.
0: Very good. So is this something that has been a real part of you for a long time? I mean, this fervent interest in the community and- being involved in these kind of activities or is this something that got ignited uh, maybe more recently for you
2: yeah so i've always had a interest in doing community organizing community-based activism that kind of thing um but i wasn't entirely sure kind of the approach that i wanted to take um and that's kind of something i've been working on figuring out at parkside uh and um I started working at the Andrew Goodman Foundation uh which uh, is a um voter outreach and voter education program and that is really kind of where I'm finding my place that's how I found Braver Angels also um working uh in civic discourse and political depolarization and promoting civic engagement in general um is really kind of kind of accomplishing like that objective for me I think
0: Very good. Before we get further I want to hear about your experience of attending this Braver Angels National Convention, and so on, and and get specific. But I want to backtrack to a term that, Cameron Swallow, you already utilized and Grant just utilized as well, that of depolarization. And I think most of us understand, at least to some extent, what that probably means. But uh, I wonder if you could uh, maybe elaborate and and maybe especially explain if this means is, is the goal of depolarization to somehow make all of us more the same, think the same, or is it more that we can retain our differences but be able to communicate with one another? I mean, are both of those things depolarization or one more than the other? I mean, which, which, which of those does Braver Angels really embody?
1: Braver Angels is definitely ha- aiming for the goal of the latter. That you, that you described. In fact, their, their logo is two overlapping squares, one blue and one red. And at the corner where they overlap, where you would expect from elementary school art class to see a, a little purple square, there's not a purple square. There's an open, empty, vacant square for productive engagement. So the reds stay red, the blues stay blue. There's no expectation for all solutions being centrist solutions. And there is that open space held for productive engagement and the finding and the building of common ground
0: great and i 'm glad to that you offered that clarification because I think probably if we went to the dictionary, we could probably find you know more than one definition, including the first option I gave i mean is 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 a legitimate way to think of that term, or certainly it 's a way a lot of people think of depolarization and so Uh, this is probably a distinction that's incredibly important to make. And I suspect that maybe even as people come into an organization like Braver Angels, this is a point of clarification that probably needs to be repeatedly made so people understand what this group is all about.
1: Yes. Thank you.
0: (laughs) So, Grant, tell us about uh, the opportunity to uh, attend this Braver Angels National Convention in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. How did that come about? and And tell us what you experienced there.
2: Yeah, so as I uh, mentioned briefly earlier, um, I was introduced to Braver Angels uh, and and through the convention. And I was introduced to the convention through my involvement uh, in an organization called the Andrew Goodman Foundation, uh, which is a civic uh, engagement organization that helps to foster civic engagements among student bodies at uh, college campuses all across the country. Um, and it was it was just a really phenomenal experience. Uh, I enjoyed myself greatly. It was, it was very eye-opening. Um, the attitude that they foster there, um, kind of the mood and tone that they're able to create, is, is really productive. Um, maybe uh, we'll talk about this later if we get into the specifics of it, but uh, it's not so much, um, you know, it's not a very, like, technical endeavor, <clears throat> Braver Angels and what they're doing. It's not like they've... Uh, found some kind of new formula as it pertains to, uh, like, conflict resolution or something like that. It's really just, like, the way that they're able to manage um, emotions is really phenomenal. Uh, And when I came back from this conference, I knew that I had to bring some of this programming to Parkside immediately. That was the first thing I started working on doing when I came back Hmm. from this was was getting some of this programming on campus at Parkside.
0: That makes me curious to know what you yourself have very specifically and personally experienced when it comes to this. Uh, and you can get as personal as you as you choose, of course, but I mean, I, I, I gather from what you just said that you have experienced some real discomfort in your life, as probably almost <laughs> all of us have, in yeah. terms of feeling very much at odds with, with somebody else maybe that you care about, but w- between you, this divide, which makes it incredibly difficult to communicate... Uh, tell us about your real life experience with this
2: yeah um political polarization is is pretty uh heightened in the country right now um and probably anybody will have experienced something like this but you know i've lost unfortunately uh, a couple of friends uh to ideological differences um not recently but in the past um uh, and, you know, it's just a really regretful thing. I also, you know, um, uh, as Cameron mentioned, have some political disagreements with my family, of course. Um, and I've always been able to manage those, but it's very palpable. Um, so, you know, going to the conference and seeing that there is a way to to foster an environment where um, that's not so important was a really eye-opening experience. Mm.
0: For those of you who are just joining us, we are talking with two representatives of the organization, Braver Angels. Uh, We have with us Cameron Swallow, who is Wisconsin State Co-Coordinator for uh, Braver Angels, and Grant Pitts, who is a student at the University of Wisconsin-Parkside and also very active in the organization. Uh, And they have both been working hard on an event, which is coming up on Tuesday evening, November 14th. And... uh, Uh, an an, an event called I think Family and Politics that is designed to uh, help people have some strategies when it comes to uh, carrying on conversations that might otherwise be really difficult because of differences between them. Uh, Cameron Swallow, real quick, I want you to mention what you explained to me at the outset before we even went on the air when I asked you what your position was with Braver Angels and and you were saying that you were the state co-coordinator and I, I had to make sure I understood you, you are a co-coordinator and, and you explained why there's no such no other kind of office you're either a co-coordinator or you're not a coordinator at all with braver angels uh, ex- explain this really interesting distinction
1: they call it the principle of balance and they they cannot maintain exactly 50-50 balance in their membership because that varies from day to day but they do insist on red-blue balance at every level of leadership. So if you have a local alliance, you have a red leader and a blue leader, preferably two of each Mm. uh, to avoid burnout. And at a state level, there's a state red co-coordinator and a blue co-coordinator. And that's true all the way up into the national leadership principle of balance.
0: Right, right. Let me uh, also ask, it's funny, I just happen to be wearing purple today, and (laughs) there are some ways in which I consider myself purple, and particularly with certain issues, I would say I'm probably pretty purple versus tilting way over to blue or way over to red. Um, And we've talked about this before, and I honestly can't quite recall the answer, but Uh, is there a place for (laughs) purple people, shall we say, uh, within Braver Angels? Uh, And and if so, what what is their position or role?
1: More and more. Mm. At the inception of Braver Angels, they were a little bit impatient, I think, about the insistence of purples to want to participate. It's like, this is not created for you, right? Right. This is created to bridge the red-blue divide. And if you're not red or blue, then go find something else to do.
0: Sure, sure. But
1: now they see purples as a great resource for the more general act of bridge building. Mm. And so even though there are some workshops that require a one-to-one matching attendance of reds and blues, there uh, can be purples in the observer group and purples training to be ambassadors and moderators and leaders. You, you don't have to be strictly red or blue to be in a leadership position in Braver Angels.
0: Very good. So let's get to talking about this event that's coming up on uh, Tuesday, November 14th. And uh, again, it's called Family and Politics. It is a free workshop sponsored by uh, Braver Angels. So uh, how did this particular event come about? And, and and Cameron Swallow, is this a very typical sort of event to be sponsored by Braver Angels?
1: Yeah, Families and Politics is one of the short, meaning under three hours, um, training workshops that mm. we do that is sort of, seen as preparatory for the experiential workshops that require the one-on-one red-blue balance. Um, anyone can come to a Families in Politics workshop. We don't ask people to identify by color alignment, mm-hmm. and the lessons there are good on either side or for purple people also. Yeah, very good.
0: <laughs> so uh, Grant Pitts, uh, you're, you're, you're the boots on the ground in terms of being a student at, uh, at UW Parkside. So tell us about the actual creation of this event and what hand, if any, you had in actually getting this on the Parkside calendar.
2: Yeah, a lot of logistics, um, and also networking. Networking to a certain extent. Um, this definitely wouldn't have happened if Deborah hadn't intro- uh, my supervisor in the Andrew Goodman Foundation had not introduced me to uh, Cameron um, and sent me to that convention so I could see some of these things firsthand. Uh, and like I said before, I knew right away that we needed something like this on campus. Um, you know, we thought about what we should do. They have lots of different kinds of programs they offer. Uh, So we're kind of looking at time frames, looking at right before Thanksgiving. Family and politics seems to be very relevant to that because, of course, that's the time that people are going to be seeing their families and talking about politics. Uh, So, you know, uh, a lot of our role, um, me and my fellow Goodman ambassadors, is um, just helping to facilitate, getting them a space on campus, which is unfortunately often much more difficult than it ought to be, Um, promoting the event, that kind of thing. We will will be there on the day. Uh, of the event um but we're going to be kind of taking the back seat and letting Cameron run the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, Cameron Swallow tell us what is envisioned as actually happening and and maybe ahead of that it sounds like what you were saying is that this is in a sense a template. This is a standard sort of event that happens on a fairly regular basis, probably not only here in Wisconsin, but all over the country, sponsored by Braver Angels.
1: Correct. This is a workshop with a very clear script and curriculum um, created. uh, It's one of about 10 workshops created by family therapist Bill Doherty in Minneapolis. Hmm. Um, He's written everything that Braver Angels does, including that very first one back in the December of 2016, um, and it is structured to have the moderator, that will be me, deliver some information and then outline something to practice and the attendees in small groups practice that skill. And then you come back to the large group, you talk about what you found in the practice, you learn some more new information, and you go and practice that. That's the basic framework, and that's why we call it a training workshop.
0: Interesting. And what what exactly is the goal? I mean, in terms of when people walk out at uh, 8, 8.30, uh, when this event is done, what do you want them to be equipped to do?
1: Well, it's been some time. Um, Spend some time naming some categories that families often fall into, mm. like the gladiator person who who wants <laughs> to start the fight, who wants to stir things up, and how you can counter that person to, uh, you know, not to shut them down or uh, create an explosion, but to, to steer things back into what they call productive engagement. Um, and the gladiator is just one of the family categories. And there's some humor in that because everybody knows uh, some humorous family story about categories and stereotypes and stuff. So it plays a little bit with that, but then also gives you tools. And the goal is for everyone to leave knowing what they're dealing with in a sort of analytical framework and how to bring people into warm engagement interesting
0: it's interesting to think about the roles to which we might you know group people or the labels that with which we we might assign to somebody like the gladiator or the peacemaker or the person who runs away from a fight or whatever it might be <laughs> but but it's 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 kind of interesting to me how probably even that process is really important and that it be done carefully and and with an understanding that that sometimes it is these situations in which somebody, like this other side of them emerges or this other role emerges for them that as they're just walking around in their daily ordinary lives we, we would never see but these particular situations are kind of fraught with complications in which probably some of that really emerges and I should think this is not not a not a part of the process that should be rushed through or done simplistically. Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and I, partly because we love our labels, but uh, I I also like what you said about how uh that that this plays with this in in a somewhat lighthearted fashion. I mean, this is all a very serious endeavor, but People will probably chuckle to themselves when they kind of see some of these different possibilities.
1: It makes it more memorable, too. Sure. You know, humor makes things stick.
0: Absolutely. So this matter, then, of meaningful engagement or warm engagement. So how would you characterize what that ultimately kind of looks like or feels like?
1: I guess I would say it begins with listening. And the real kind of listening—not just keeping your mouth shut until you hear a gap in the other person's speech, and then you pounce. <laughs> right.
0: Been there, done that. <laughs>
1: and and then it continues with curiosity, and I like to quote um, journalist, author, and Braver Angels leader Monica Guzman when she says that curiosity is the cure it it is the thing that is big enough to counter our polarization mm. if we approach other people as story-bearing creatures that we can get curious about and ask real questions of and remember to see the humanity of then we have a chance against this monster of polarization. Right.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. I think I have come to a much more profound understanding of the importance of curiosity. I mean, in so many avenues of our lives, but particularly about being curious about one another. And I think one of the first times this kind of really occurred to me was uh, when my wife and I, uh, were in Little Rock, Arkansas for the wedding of a former student of mine, and uh, we were able to uh, take some time to visit Central High School, which is where the Little Rock Nine um, attended school under such a, a, a veil of hostility from so many people in, in Little Rock, and and the, the the marvelous tourist center there where you see all these photos and so on. And And you kind of look into those faces and and start to wonder, so what were you so angry about or what were you so afraid about? And I I found myself becoming curious about those angry white faces you'd see in those photographs more so than I ever had been before. And I'm not sure if maybe it's something they even did in these displays to foster that, but – it's just quicker and easier to just label them all as racist monsters and be done. And of course, that's not to say that what they were doing wasn't monstrous, but on the other hand, it sprang from some kind of human reality, something that they were feeling and trying to contend with and uh, and contending with it in really terrible ways, of course. But uh, it seems to me that, that being bringing curiosity to something like that uh, can be a bridge, and I suspect you've experienced that yourself
1: yes it's the <laughs> it's the best chance we have of finding a way through or a way across the chasm
0: right so so grant uh as you 've experienced this in your relatively young life uh how has this typically played out for you and uh and you feel like your involvement with better angels has already made some difference in terms of how you've gone about trying to contend with these situations.
2: Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, like, as I said, uh, the, the, the big thing that Braver Angels really does well that makes a big difference is just, I think, changing the attitude. Uh, you know, you and Cameron were talking about um, engagement, a warm engagement. Um, and she said listening is like kind of the key component. And that's certainly true in a lot of ways. But I think Uh, what it really was for me, what I took away, you know, from this conference, um, was before, what what happens before you even start listening, you know, kind of, um, the approach to the conversation and setting the expectations and, you know, um, and, and the objectives, what is this conversation supposed to be about? What are we supposed to all get out of it? Um, that is really important. I mean, it's very, very simple. You know, like I said, this, this is not a very technical thing, but it makes an enormous difference, um, and I've you know really been taking this into uh my my approach to engaging with other students um and in the, the programming uh that I'm you know uh setting up on campus of course um and uh yeah i think I think it's going to do a lot of good for the student body um I think this programming is really really valuable, especially for young people. I think they're often uh amongst the more um reactive. Hmm. individuals, right? They haven't had as much life experience, maybe haven't been ex- uh, exposed to as many perspectives. Uh, so I, th- I think it's a very valuable thing. Um, and I'm glad that Braver Angels exists and it's doing what it's doing. And we're able to, to kind of import some of their activities to, to my school.
0: Right. Cameron Swallow, I should think that <laughs> this probably works the best when when everybody in a conversation such a conversation around the thanksgiving dinner table has this understanding going into it of course that's that's not typically what's going to happen and so you know you you might attend this braver angels workshop on november 20 uh, 14th and then walk into a household of other people who aren't acquainted with the concept of this kind of you know meaningful listening and Meaningful engagement and so on. Uh, so, are these strategies designed with that scenario in mind, where where the other person in this conversation or people in this other in this conversation are are, are not there, in a sense, equipped with with, with what you're equipped to do.
1: Greg, it sounds as if you're quoting from the moderator guide for the Families (laughs) in Politics workshop. There is a section called Expectations to Abandon, and Mm. featured in that section is the expectation that other people will be equipped with whatever you're getting from a Braver Angels workshop. Um, And it also asks you in this particular workshop about you know Thanksgiving and Christmas gatherings to abandon the idea that this is supposed to be for the full dinner table with the whole group gathered at once. Uh-huh. The these what what you're being trained with is um, meant for one on one engagement. But it also gives you some tools for countering the gladiator who's causing trouble on purpose mm. in in a gathering. Gotcha.
0: That's boy. That's so important to to to, to understand. That's that's really good to know. I'm reminded uh, in my own family's history that uh, that you know I I was born in 1960, so I grew up in the 1960s and. Grant is not directly acquainted with the 1960s, <laughs> but, I mean, it was an incredibly fractious time in our country's history. In many respects, equal to what we're experiencing today, although different as well. But uh, I can think of when we would visit our relatives in, uh, in Milwaukee that my folks kind of learned, learned the hard way to just steer clear of anything that was even remotely related to the world of politics or Culture or what was going on in our in our country at that time, and, um, and I look back at that now and just think, what a loss that there wasn't something like Braver Angels around to uh, help. Because in a sense, uh, it would have been better to have conversations of some kind. But honestly, I don't think any of them had any idea how to do that, and and shied away from it altogether. And of course, if if we just if we don't talk with each other at all, that's almost worse than the, than the, the really antagonistic conversations that that occur. I mean, to it's avoid this altogether is, seems like a grave defeat. mistake.
1: It's admitting defeat before you begin.
0: Right, right. So I, I'm curious if uh, in, the, in the workshop, uh, what kind of advice is given uh, if and when things get Quite difficult, I mean, is there a point at which a conversation like this probably just needs to be ended one way or another?
1: yes, there are some there are some good lines for the hard stop um, that a line has been crossed, but you but you can get out of the conversation without exploding without without having an escalation of anger, just a, a statement of this crosses a line for me. I hope we can pick it up at another time. Mm. You know, let's have another cup of coffee. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. I suppose part of what we're talking about here are, is an array of issues about which people can feel tremendous passion for one reason or another, whether it's uh, abortion or same sex marriage or whatever it might be. But, but uh, I mean, it's, those are matters in which you know whatever we believe it often resides really close to our heart and uh, and uh, as opposed to mostly in our brain and uh, so it's it sounds like braver angels is very well acquainted with that particular uh, reality and in fact grant i feel like that was one of the first things you said about braver angels is how impressed you were with some of their strategies when it came to, you know, was it kind of like the psychological aspect of yeah. all this? Tell yeah. Us more about that.
2: Yeah, so um, what the organization is really great at doing is just creating an atmosphere and a pretense for understanding, using uh, that curiosity that we talked about and, um, you know, and following that um, to try to get people... Uh, you know, to drop their judgments and um, to be, uh, you know, to in a certain way, to turn this kind of emotional um, thing into something a little more intellectual or at least moderating it in a way with that intellectual curiosity. Um, and that, you know, such that little change makes such an enormous difference. When you have that that pretense <clears throat> and those uh, different set of expectations, a different atmosphere, um, it becomes really easy to avoid becoming too impassioned, and much easier to understand one another. Hmm. Interesting.
0: I'm uh, I'm struck by the the whole notion of of having a conversation. I. I and, and of being cautious, being careful. And I'm I I I just want to make sure that, that our listeners and me are, are not misunderstanding any of this. Are these kind of conversations that Braver Angels is trying to encourage, does it involve to any significant extent pulling back from what you really believe or or in a sense like softening the hard edge of of what you believe or or how you might Summarize how you believe?
1: Absolutely not. It it does give you some practice in separating those deeply held beliefs from a kind of moral panic that leads to the ad hominem attacks. The Mm. idea that anyone who disagrees with me is either stupid or evil. Right. I can believe something very deeply and very importantly. But if I can't separate the idea from the person who holds it, then I'm really in danger of demonizing my fellow citizen or my dearly loved family member. Right. And these workshops give you a chance to analyze how to separate the idea from the person. Interesting. Interesting
0: and i suppose that's easier said than done but uh but but as you as you say it's it's something you braver angels takes very seriously and really tries to talk people through in terms of make, making that happen i'm curious uh braver angels is about more than political differences and we've already touched on that cultural differences and in particular this uh urban rural divide which uh I've become acutely aware of uh, in my own life in in a lot of different ways. Uh, I'm just curious, when it comes to other divides versus political divides, are these strategies dramatically different or or are a lot of them applicable but just in a slightly different way?
1: It's all based on the listening skills, the acknowledgement, the presenting your idea in a way that someone is prepared to hear instead of um, instead of abruptly giving your point of view as a contradiction, beginning with the word "but mm. right it, it gives you some other ways of phrasing things to make it more likely for the person to hear. And maybe that sounds like softening your principles, but it isn't. Did you hear me say but? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It is not softening your principles to make your own speech more effective. Right. To talk so that other people can hear.
0: Right. I mean, as opposed to saying things in in an inflammatory way in which, in a sense, their doors will be shut to anything further that you have to say. I mean, in the same way that often happens with others with us. So... So I guess this is about trying to keep the doors open in a lot of different ways.
1: That's a very good metaphor.
0: Very good. I'm curious, Cameron Swallow, you've done this uh, quite a lot and, uh, and in different places, in, in different situations. Uh, how different do these workshops tend to play out? I mean, uh, is it relatively predictable or, or, uh, or is each one kind of its own unique adventure?
1: <laughs> well, They're not identical. Um, There's a big difference between doing a workshop on Zoom, which I did dozens Mm. of them during the pandemic, um, versus doing a workshop live and in person. Um, There's a difference between doing one in a, a community library or a church basement which draws mostly a gray-haired set mm. versus doing it on a college campus which has folks mainly in their early 20s. Mm. Right. Uh, that those are those are the two biggest differences that I would that I would cite and that's uh, so it's not really a difference of how they react to the material it's just the general atmosphere of the gathered group.
0: Sure, I can imagine. So, Grant, for this event coming up uh, on Tuesday, November fourteenth, of course, the general public is welcome to attend, and blues and reds and purples and whatever else. <laughs> um, how anxious are you for a lot of Parkside students uh, to be attending this on on the fourteenth?
2: Oh, very. Um, this, you know, the reason I wanted to bring this event to campus is because I wanted to get it to the students because I feel it's important. Um, there, you know, a, a lot of conversation on campus is about sort of these like really uh, em, uh, passionate emotional issues, um, whether that be something like abortion or more recently, like the conflict in uh, Israel-Palestine. Um, people get very worked up about these things. Um and are very, very passionate about these things. And uh, I think this thing is particularly useful to uh, younger people and, and particularly useful to students. Uh, so we've been working really hard to make sure that we have uh, a good good group of students attending this event. We've been doing a lot, a lot of promotion um, and incentivizing students to come out to this because that's really who we want to be there.
1: Right, right. I'd so, like to say something yeah. about that community event, Greg. Um, There is a pair of events. There's going to be a Braver Angels debate on the Carthage College campus that's really expecting only student participants to come. But we've invited Parkside students to attend that as well. That Mm -hmm. is Thursday the 9th coming up this week, Thursday the 9th at 6 p.m., and Parkside students are welcome to come along with the Carthage students who will be there in Clausen 106 at 6 p.m. on Thursday night.
0: And you called that a debate.
1: There will be a debate, and the the idea is not to bash your opponent or your opponent's ideas, but to speak from your heart about what you believe. But the um, resolution is resolved the United States should make it easier for its citizens to vote. Ah. And we will have measured t- turn-taking, someone speaking for the resolution, taking questions after that, and then someone speaking against the resolution, taking questions after that. Very good. And then the Carthage students are invited to attend this workshop at Parkside, which is being co-sponsored by CUSH Congregations mm. United to serve humanity, um, and that invites the general public as well. There is a mechanism for doing that, and they've asked that people from the general public who wish to come to send an email to Goodman Ambassadors at uwp.edu. I'll say that again: Goodman Ambassadors, all one word, at uwp.edu, and. From there, they will send you the re- free registration link. There's no charge. There's no barrier. But what you'll get is some directions about parking and some uh, maybe a, a summary of the you know what to expect in the event.
0: Very good. And I know free pizza is being provided, right? <laughs> so uh, that's one reason why uh, the organizers of this event are are really anxious to know who is planning to come. So again uh your your registration for this free event is is uh requested uh, no later than this Friday the 10th of November well i really appreciate both of you taking the time to uh talk about this event uh, all that it entails uh, all of the reasons for it its importance and i trust that it's going to make a big big difference in the lives of a whole lot of people Uh, not only in these upcoming holidays, but uh, well beyond. There's so much for all of us to uh, learn about how we can learn from each other and learn to live together Uh, and uh, really appreciate all that you said today uh, uh, towards that. Cameron Swallow, Wisconsin State Co-Coordinator for Braver Angels, and Grant Pitts, a junior at, uh, at the University of Wisconsin Parkside and Very active in Braver Angels and one of the organizers of this event coming up at Parkside on Tuesday evening, November 14th at 6 o'clock. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Greg.